Turn in your Bible to Joshua. Here we go. Uh, and as you, as you turn to Joshua, let me just give you some insights about where we've been and where we're going. Uh, and then today, I believe God is going to supernaturally empower us for the days before us. Our, our context, or our title, if you will, has been 2019, uh, a year of new days. Everyone say new days. And new ways. Everyone say new ways. And then say a new phrase, not a phrase like a phrase, of, but a, a warfare, a battle, F-R-A-Y-S. You say, why would you say it that way? Because it rhymes, for goodness sake. New, everybody say new days, new ways, and new phrase. I believe this year is a, a year, it's new things, and we need to be prepared and ready for the new days and the new ways. How many of you know God, though he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's a God of new things. Amen. He really is. He wants to do something new and fresh in your life. Tell somebody around you, if you're a guest with us today, we're glad you're here. In fact, in the, in the seat in front of you, I didn't do this earlier, there's a guest card. Uh, if you're a, if you're a guest with us today and would like some more information about our church or would like us to send you a letter of thanks for being here, fill that out and just drop it off at the info booth on your way out. We'd love to have a record. I met some friends who used to go to pa Pastor Mike Dacey's, uh, church, the Rock Church and then years ago at Pastor Ron's church. And man, you were back in the early days, uh, even before this church was birthed. And so good to meet these folks. So if you'd like to fill that out, you can. Uh, and so uh, look at your neighbor and say, God's got some new things for you in 2019. Amen. Millie, God's got some new things for you. In, 20, in fact, Millie just got a new house. Give it up. Amen. She's happy. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Woo, it's been a, it's been a journey, hasn't it, Millie? But God is faithful. And so with all of that comes new battles and new, 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 uh, uh, struggles that we all have to go through. That's why we should begin every year, really every day, but every year, and I'm encouraging us all to really focus in a new level of prayer and fasting. Everyone say prayer and fasting. Prayer, uh, come on, everybody say prayer and fasting. Amen. And you say, fasting? Hey, you look at Matthew 6, there were three biggies. Jesus said, when you pray, how many of you know God wants us to pray? And when you give, everyone say, when you give. And then he said, if you fast. No, what did he say? When you fast. So I want to encourage you. Hey, if you're just a little confused about fasting, Google it for goodness sakes. There's a world of info out there. You can fast from, you know, one of my friends said, I'm, I'm fasting from all, uh, solid food. I'm just going to drink liquids. And then I asked him, well, if I do that with you as a milkshake, a liquid, I mean, come on. Now, one friend of mine said, I'm, I'm fasting from, you know, uh, coffee. I said, woo. It's a bean. It's, hey, come on. I, I don't understand that, but how many be hard to fast from coffee? It's me. I, I, whoo, Jesus. But hey, let, let's take some time and build up our spirit and, and, and put ourselves for some new day in, in position for the new days, the new ways. And God wants to do some new things in our church. In fact, you've heard about it. If you were here last Sunday, if you missed last Sunday and you had your head kind of stuck in the sand or something, uh, we are in the process right now. I shared it with you last Sunday. If you missed, uh, in a blending of two churches, uh, Church on the Rock South, Pastor Kyle and, and his wife, 
Jessica and their church family are moving in with us, and we're going to become a big, happy, blended family. Everybody say amen. And behind the scenes, and this is what I told some of our leaders, I said, for everybody, we're just cruising. You ever seen a duck cruising around on the pond? Just, you know, I was with a friend of mine, Pastor uh, Jerry Phelps, on, uh, let's see, Friday. We actually went fishing before the cold weather came in. And these swans, we saw these swans, they're just cruising around. But you know what was happening underneath the water? They were paddling like crazy. And so, so behind the scenes, our two churches are paddling like crazy. In fact, our worship teams are coming together tonight to get to know one another. And, and I told our worship team this, this morning, I said, you know, the goal for February 10th, everyone say February 10th. That's when we come together. Okay. Everybody say we're better together. I said the goal for, for that, that Sunday is when people come in and experience worship, uh, you want them to say, whoa, rather than whoa. How many of you would rather have whoa? Okay. And so they're working, they're paddling like crazy. Uh, in fact, let me just say, January 30th, everybody say January 30th. It's a Wednesday night. It's an all-church family fellowship. Uh, they're, they're all coming, and it's family get-to-know-you night. It's a Wednesday night. It's a, it's a covered dish. Uh, and I know schedules in midweek are kind of challenging for some, but let me really encourage you to do what you can to be here January 30th on Wednesday night. It's not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. And we're going to have a great meal here and get to know our new church family. They'll be here. It's just going to be a fun family night. Are you with me? Say amen. And so there's new days and new ways that we're embracing. And so we need to be praying. I would encourage you to pray because as you look uh, and saw our keynote verse in, in Joshua 3, uh, Joshua tells the people as they're preparing to go into the promised land, he said, you need to be ready. Keep your eyes on the promise and the presence of God because we have not passed this way before. Tell somebody we've not passed this way before. Tell them, we've not passed this way before. I've not done this before. Beverly and I said, how are we going to do this? I said, I don't know. I haven't passed this way before. We're going to figure it out. Amen. How many of you appreciate that? There's no manual, so we're following, hopefully, the presence and the promise of God. Uh, and so, last week, we talked about some things to help us embrace our new days and our new ways. And here's, hey, I realize this, there's some things you got to get before you can go, right? How many of you know you got to get a hold of some things? We talked about that. And then we talked about, in fact, Joshua had to get over, uh, he had to get over some things, too. He had to, he had to get healed in his heart and because of the loss of his leader and Moses. And so there's some things we got to get before we can possess. There's some things we not, must possess in our heart before we can proceed into God's purpose and plan for our life. How many of you with me now say amen? Because this is true in any part of life. How many of you just woke up one day? Uh, let's see. We got some son, we got some school teachers here. Uh, I see. A, who, do I have a school teacher? All right. There you go. Uh, Tammy, did you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to go down to the school and be a teacher? No, she had to possess some very important things. She had to possess an education. She had to possess uh, their teacher's certificate. And a lot of then she had to possess a lot of patience. Right? Are you with me? Say amen. Doctor Jan is here. Do aren't you glad Doctor Janet just didn't wake up one day and said, "I'm going to go to Sealsby and be a doctor." 
Are you with me? I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test out on Tommy. <laughs> no, she had to possess some things. Oh, here's one. I see our air traffic controller, Matthew, back there. Uh, how many of you uh, who have ever flown an airplane appreciate the air traffic controller? He just didn't wake up one day and say, I want to talk on the radio. Testing one, two, breaker, breaker, one, nine. Don't land now. No, he had to possess an education. Amen. So that's the way it is in life. That's what we need to embrace. There's some things we need to possess before we can proceed. Some things we need to get over before we can get going. Some things we need to get right. And in fact, we talked about that. Uh, uh, he said, sanctify yourselves. And then last Sunday, we talked about some things you got to get together. You got to get our act together. Have you ever, somebody ever, ever told you, you better get your act together? Or if they were unredeemed, they told you something else to get together. I don't, I don't know about you, but that, uh, you know what I'm talking about. But, hey, look what Joshua said. He told the children of Israel this in Joshua 1.10. He said, prepare provisions for yourselves. Everyone say provisions. In other words, we're about to cross over. We're moving into a new day and a new way. And you better prepare provisions for yourself. And last Sunday, we talked about some provisions that all of us need to carry with us and embrace and get a hold of in our life. If we're going to be able to move into the destiny of God for our life and experience the new day. Somebody say new day. Everybody say new way. And also, as we're going to talk about today, and be victorious in the new phrase that are before us. And let me ask you this. How many of you had some spiritual battles this past year? How many of you, know, how many of you just you look back, you go, I'm just glad 2018's over with. Well, let me just, I don't want, I don't want to pop your bubble here, but how many of you know, how many of you know every year brings its new challenges and its new, new threats and its new, uh, uh, task and its new conflicts that we must be prepared for? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about getting ready, uh, for the new phrase in these new days. Preparing ourselves, if you will, for battle. I've got something, if I have time, I, I'm going to try, I'll read one of them, maybe both of them, uh, two of my dear friends that you've heard from before, uh, just things they wrote today and yesterday, one from Facebook and one uh, by way of a text thread that I get uh, from uh, um, uh, um, Pastor Sonny. It's just they both had a theme in them, and that was spiritual battle in the days ahead. Uh, just quickly, and, and uh, uh, you just listen carefully. This is from David Shibley. It's a Facebook post. The level of acrimony in our nation right now is probably the greatest in my lifetime. That means conflict, basically. Almost 100 years ago, missionary statesman John R. Mott warned prophetically of what he saw in America's future. The cessation of culture from politics will cause more dire results than the cessation of the slave-cursed South from the, from the Union. In other words, Mott warned that the loss of civility in politics would produce consequences far worse than the Civil War itself. This is a prophetic insight from a long time ago, from John R. Mott. He said this, this is not a commentary, from, uh, David says, on childish antics of a single person in Washington. It is an observation of a fomenting devil's brew that is poisoning the country. As hatred of Christians and Christianity mounts, we are called to live and minister in an opposite spirit from the world. 
He just re- he just said, and he's got more to say. I'll 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 stop there. But what's he saying? There's a spiritual battle going on. And it's brewing, a devilish brew that is brewing in America. Uh, uh, Pastor Sonny Cananser wrote this concerning the memorial service of Jay and Linda Threadgill, our missionaries in Haiti. Their son uh, was tragically killed a couple of weeks ago, uh, just the Sunday before Christmas, actually. Uh, and they had his service in Haiti, and now they're having one stateside, and Pastor Sonny's there. And, and this is what he, he sent me in a text thread. This morning, I'm in Melbourne, Florida, where I will attend the memorial service for Jason Threadgill, the son of Jay and Linda, our missionaries in Haiti. Let me pause and say, if you want to see spiritual conflict, go to Haiti. In fact, it's, it's a spiritual brew of demonic activity. Uh, the first time I went there, I saw all these big dolls hanging in the trees, and I didn't know, what are those dolls? And Jay looked at me and said, they're voodoo dolls, silly kid. In other words, this is, and that was the recognized religion. I don't know if it still is in Haiti. Was was that kind of demonic activity. And he, then he says, Jason, that is uh, Jane Linda's son who died, loved Haiti and the Haitian people where he was willing to give his life to serve them. Today we celebrate a life lived for God's glory and now stands with many others who gave their lives to make sure others had an opportunity to hear the gospel. Listen to this. The tragic event emphasizes the spiritual warfare we are all in and how much we need to fight the enemy who is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. How we stand together, pray together, and fight together. The warfare is ramping up. Somebody realize that there's spiritual battle in the atmosphere, say that, I, amen. should say amen because that means so be it. Say glory to God anyhow. I mean, it's, it's warfare going on in the earth around us. And so we see that Joshua uh, said, you shall pass before the brethren armed. He realized we're about to move into some new phrase. And he said, you got to be ready. Everybody say, you got to be ready. You don't want to move into battle without the proper provisions of victory in your life. You don't want to move into the enemy's camp, if you will, without the realization. Look in chapter 4, verse 12. He says it again after they've already crossed over. He says this about the, the fray. Chapter 4, verse 12. He says, he says, and the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. I want to ask you something. Are you armed and dangerous today for the devil or against the devil? Are you prepared for war? You know, in this room right here, I know Jim's not here. Jim's a concealed carry. So we have some others that are concealed carry people here today. You may be armed. Uh, and you know what? That doesn't bother me at all. I just want to know if you can use it rightly. Okay? Can you aim? Are you prepared for battle? Come on, understand something. From a spiritual perspective, I want to know if you're ready to stand in, in the place of spiritual warfare and be victorious over the powers, the principalities and powers that await us, if you will, and are preparing for us in 2019. They already had a meeting over our life. The powers of darkness, Jewel, have already begun to conspire against you about this year. Eugene, the enemy has been talking about you. In fact, I have a friend of mine who said this. You follow me now. He said, you know, he's not cussing. He said, I want to know who in hell are you? In other words, does hell talk about you? Are, are you considered dangerous to the devil? 
Are you prepared to do spiritual battle? That's what we need to consider. That's what we need to embrace today. And so today, I want to give you some proven principles. Some proven principles from this Joshua, from this illustration of Joshua and from the Word of God that are proven principles of victory. Everyone say victory. How many of you know God has no plans for your defeat? If we lose the battle, it's not His fault. If we lose the war, it's not his fault. God has plans for us. In fact, look at, look at your, uh, look at your other neighbor. Find somebody and say, God has plans of victory for your life. He really does. He's not looking at 2019 and saying to you, uh, David, he's not saying, well, I just want to run her through the ringer and, and whip her up one side and down the other. No, he wants you in the middle of the fray to be victorious. Are you with me? Say another amen. And so I want to give you some thoughts. I want you to take this. The first one is this. You and I need to embrace and take possession of the reality that God has a people of victory for us. We should be a people of victory. In fact, I mentioned these people, but I want you to look in first John, first, or, or in Joshua uh, chapter 1, one more time in verse 12. Look, he mentions some folks. He says this, and to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, and he begins to tell them, and he tells them, you're some mighty men of valor, you need to move, and we want you to go out first, and we want you to be armed and prepared for war. In other words, out of all these children of Israel, there were some people who had been trained for victory. And I want to ask you that today. How do you feel about that? Now listen, uh, not all of us have the same uh, grace and calling, but how many of you know God wants all of us to be victorious over the powers of darkness? Are you with me? And so he, he, he calls these people out. In fact, if you went back to 1 Chronicles chapter 5, you would see that this, these folks, it says they were some mighty men of valor. They were trained with armor and with the, the, the bow and they were ready for battle. They, they, they weren't putting the nursery workers out in the, in the, in the battlefield. How many of you appreciate that? And God is raising up some folk and maybe you're of that folk that are people of war people of victory. Let me just give you a pause today of, of this church family that is coming to blend with us in a few weeks. Listen, these are people of spiritual warfare. Uh, you, Pastor Kyle, he's a prayer warrior. He's a faster and a prayer. Uh, and he, he challenges me and he encourages me and he's a, he's a people of victory. In fact, he told, he told us a couple weeks ago or last week sometime, he said, is it okay if I bring some of our church folks over on Wednesday night and just began to pray. And I said, sure you can. Last Wednesday, they just rallied around here, eight or nine of them, and just began to pray and do war. They're people of victory. Come on now, somebody ought to smile and go, hallelujah. And God has a people that will pray the price and will stand in the gap and do spiritual warfare. There's an interesting principle in Scripture 
that even uh, uh, defines this illustration because not all of the, the tribes and, and the people were armed for war. The others went behind. There's a principle here. In fact, if you look in 1 Samuel chapter 25 and 1 Samuel 30, you'll see that David rallied together some mighty men and there was about 400, or maybe, I get, maybe get my numbers wrong, I think there was 600 total and 400 went out to war and 200 the Bible says they stood by the stuff everyone say stood by the stuff both parties were equally important in fact if you'd send everybody out on the battlefield what is unguarded the children and the family and the stuff and so in spiritual life listen there, there's pursuers and there's protectors and some of us may be protectors, but we better be protectors. We better be, our, our eyes need to be open and our ears open and, 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 and ready to do whatever it takes. There's pursuers and protectors. In fact, when they pursued, the ones that pursued after the victory was won, they didn't want to give any of the spoils to those who stuck by the stuff. And David says, no, they're equally as important. They get just the same inheritance and the, and the, uh, the receive the benefits of these invasions that you do just because you were the pursuer doesn't make you any more important than the protector and so understand something there's all kinds of people that God needs in fact we need the right people the right kind of people doing the right kinds of things to accomplish the right kind of result there is people that are designed and and fitted for battle and you may be one of them and we need to rally together to stand together as the people of God amen there's people of victory that you and I need to embrace in our life. In fact, a New Testament promise. Catch this right here. Romans chapter 8. In fact, let me just read the whole context here. I love this. I want to give it to you. If you're still with me, say amen. Look at your neighbor say, are you with him? Are you with him? I hope you're with me. Look at Romans chapter 8. You don't need to turn. I'll turn there quickly and just read. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Uh, the, Paul said this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? He said, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But look at verse 37. Yes, in all these things. Everyone say, in all these things. He says, we are more than conquerors. Everyone say, more than conquerors. Not just a winner, but a conqueror, more than a conqueror. I don't know what all that means. Google that for goodness sake. Man, when you're a conqueror, you're a conqueror. Paul said, let me just tell you who you are when it comes to the battles and the phrase that you're going through from my understanding of who we are in Christ and my understanding of who God is and what he's done for us. We're more than conquerors. Look what he goes on to say. Through him, that is Jesus, who loved us. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, you're more than a conqueror. Then he goes on to say, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers. We're talking about demonic forces nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any depth or no other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we look to the new days and the new ways and especially preparing ourselves for the new fray that we may be involved, that we will be involved in, the new battles, we need to rally together with people of victory. 
I had one guy say this years ago. He said, if you want to soar with the eagles, why on earth are you hanging around all these turkeys? If you want to live victoriously, if you want to see God do great things in your life, rally together with people who are praying. Rally together with people who have faith in their heart for the victory. Rally together with people who God has anointed and appointed and equipped and empowered to, hey, uh, to, to be victorious in these days that are before us. Amen. People of victory. Number two, another proven principle of victory for all of us in these new days and new ways, preparing us for the new phrase, the battles, is not only the people of victory, but the promise of victory. God has promised us victory. We need to embrace the promises of God in our life. Look in Joshua chapter 3. Look what he says uh, concerning uh, the promise of God over the children of Israel. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, oh, verse 9, he says this. So Joshua came to the children of Israel. Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he he will bring without fail. Everyone say without fail. God can never fail. He without fail. I love that. He without fail. Say it again. He without fail. By this you shall know that the living God is among you and that without fail, without fail, he will drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and any other ite you want to drag up. God will, without fail, drive them out from before you. Now that's a promise from God. And you can trust the promises of God. Has anyone here ever had someone promise you something that they didn't come through on? I have my hand up. You know what? I've made promises that I could not fulfill. One of the promises I made to my wife is that by the time we have our 30-year anniversary, no, I think it was the 25th. I, I think we just had 40. I'm Somebody help. I don't want to, don't make me do my mouth. I should have kept my mouth shut right there, but I promised her a long time ago. I think it was the 25th, our 25th anniversary. I'm taking you to Hawaii. Don't ever say that, guys. Just say, if the Lord wills. You know what, my family? Uh, I don't know if Laura's been to Hawaii. I know Stacy's been to Hawaii. Nathan's been to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. And that's my wife. No, don't ask her. That's a sore subject. But God's promises will never fail. And if we're going to move into our new day, everybody say new day. And this new way, and be victorious in the new phrase and battles, we've got to embrace the promises of God over our life. Hey, catch this. Second Peter chapter one, verse one. Uh, gosh, let me move over there. You can write it down and I'll read the context because the context is pretty cool concerning the victory of God in our lives. The Bible say, says this. I'm getting there first, Peter. Here we are. I'm almost there. It says this concerning the, the victory of God in our life and the uh, the precious promises of God. Chapter 1, verse 1, Second Peter. To the pilgrims, and I'm going to go down through this, to the elect according to the foreknowledge of God. That's us. The Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus 
Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for us. And he goes on to say, by, he says he's given us exceeding and precious promises. And I think that's Second Peter. There you go. Exceeding and precious promises. Somebody thank God for the promises of God. And so we need to embrace these proven principles of victory in our life, the people of victory, the promise of victory. God said, hey, all these people, hey, I'm giving them into your hand. Embrace the promises. Believe the promises. And then number three, and Joshua ran right into this guy. It's the person of victory. Go back to Joshua chapter 5. Look what he says. He's, he's, he's preparing. He's moving into, uh, 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 the promised land and he's crossed over. And who does he run into? He runs into someone in verse 13 and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. That's before Jericho, before the shout. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but I, but as commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. And Joshua fell down on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. You know who, jo- who Joshua ran into there that day? At the base, if you will, or as he crossed over into the, into the promised land and began to face off with their new enemies. You know who he ran into? He ran into the captain of the Lord's army. And my friend understands something with me. That was a, a, a manifestation of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. You say, how do you know it wasn't an angel? Well, we don't worship angels. And Joshua worshiped him. He's the person of victory that abides within all of us. I appreciate the people of victory. But without the person of victory, Jesus Christ, living and abiding in us, we're all in serious trouble. Are you with me? And Joshua realized that, and, and he said, are you for me or against me? He said, listen, let me tell you what, I'm not for you or against you. I'm, I, let me just tell you who I am. I'm the captain of the Lord's army. I'm the ones in charge of all of it. And he fell down and he worshipped it, and he worshipped him, and he embraced him as the captain. Listen, understand, if you and I are going to be victorious against the enemy, we gotta, we got to embrace the, the victor who lives on the inside of us. He lives on the inside of us. Tell somebody, he lives on the inside of us. That's so important for us to realize. You don't have to go searching for him. You don't have to find him. He's already here. He's close as the mention of his name. His name is Jesus. And listen, in your behalf, he'll raise the sword of the Lord if we'll fall and worship him and embrace him in our life. As the captain, as the one in charge, he said, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. Who? How many of you want him showing up in your battles and taking over? <laughs> Amen. 
proven principle. If you get him in charge, if you allow him in charge of your life, you'll give him charge of the battle. Man, I'm telling you something, he'll show up with great power and authority. In fact, look what First John chapter 4 says. It says this, greater is he that is in you. He lives inside you than he that is in the world. The captain of the Lord, the commander of the Lord's army lives on the inside of you. Greater is he. Everyone say, greater is he. Tell somebody, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Proven principle. If you'll, if you'll embrace him, he'll lead you to new levels of victory in 2019. Then finally today, let me give you one that I think, and we'll, we'll, we'll outline a little deeper. It's the provisions of victory. Understand something about your life and understand something about a spiritual warfare. We've got to be prepared with the spiritual weaponry that God has for us. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says this. You might want to write this one down. 2 Corinthians 10 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, they're not, they're not natural weapons. How many of you know you don't over, overcome the devil with, with knives and sticks and rocks and guns and bombs and, uh, he, no, you overcome him and you war against him with spiritual weaponry that he has available for us. Let me just give you three that are hugely important, that we see in operation here in Joshua's life and the people's life. The first one is the weaponry or the provision of the worship of God. When we worship, it brings us and ushers us into the victory of God. What's the first thing Joshua did when he came in contact with the commander of the Lord's army? He fell down and worshiped. What a posture for us to have. In the middle, as we prepare for battle, we worship the captain of the Lord's army, the commander of the Lord's army. And we, and we see it even in a, maybe in a, uh, an illustrated sense when they began to march around Jericho. They said this, listen, you're going to march, we're going to march seven days. We're not saying anything. We're just prepping. I don't know. God has a plan. We'll talk about that in a, in a minute. But he said, when I, when you hear, uh, the, sh when you hear the trumpet, when I tell you on the seventh day, they march seven, times on the seventh day. And then what did they do? I think they blew trumpets and they shouted with a great shout. Somebody say shouted. They shouted. When you, hey, when you study shout in scripture, you're going to find that it's a declaration by and large of victory. It's a, it's a declaration of praise and worship and honor to God. I don't know what they shouted, but when they shouted, what happened? The walls came tumbling down. When they worship, hey, listen, I appreciate all the things people do to be victorious over the devil. But let me tell you one of the best ways to get yourself in a place of victory is just worshiping God. How many of you know worship is more than a song service? Amen. How many of you know worship is, is more than just clapping and shouting? Worship is an attitude of the heart that fall, as Joshua did, fell before the commander of the Lord and he worshiped and he took off his shoes and he worshiped. He humbled himself and worshiped. Amen. 
And you and I need to begin to involve ourselves on a personal level. I tell worship leaders all the time this. I've told them throughout years. Understand something. Most people, when they come through the doors, they've not prepared their hearts to worship, which is sad. Because if God's people would prepare their hearts to worship before they get to church, the victories would be so much greater. The impact would be so much more phenomenal if we would prepare our hearts to worship and began to worship God before we ever got here. Most of the time we're rallying kids and cramming on food in their mouth and fussing and fighting and carrying on with one another and trying to get there. We're late. I was a little frustrated today. I was running late. And then I got here and I realized, man, what's it all about? We're just here to worship. Remember Paul and Silas in the jail? They were about to lose their life. What did you find them doing in the middle of their spiritual warfare, in the middle of their conflict, in the middle of their persecution? They were singing hymns of praise to God. They were worshiping. And when they began to worship, you know what happened? Heaven began to shake the prison. The captain of the Lord's army showed up in their behalf. When they began to worship, they began to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I, we call it the first jailhouse rock. Come on, somebody say amen. And God brought about a great victory and deliverance in their behalf because they embraced the weaponry of worship. The second one I see operating here is the weaponry, as we know, of the Word of God. They were operating under the influence of the Word of God. If you go to Joshua chapter 5, verse 14, he says, So he said, No, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And he began to worship him. And we know what happened, that, that the Word of the Lord, he t- in fact, he told the children of Israel, God's Word says this. God's Word says that. They walked on the power of the Word of God. Amen. Everybody say the Word of God. We get a word from God and we began to operate on it. And we began to embrace it. Look in chapter 6. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went out and no one went in. And the Lord said to Joshua. Everyone say the Lord said to Joshua. Man, I'm telling you, God will speak to you in the middle of your battles. He'll speak to you through the Word of God. Look what he says in verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, and you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And then he'd give some more in, in, insight. What, what were they operating on? Somebody's good idea? Some book they read back in military school? No, listen carefully to me today. They got a word from God, for goodness sake. You see, in the middle of the fray, we need to ask ourselves, I wonder what God says about this. What would God have me to do? And when you look at, hey, go back and read Old Testament stories about how God got involved and brought great victories. Man, he was a creative God. He, his word would be so unique and interesting that, you know, for a lesser man, we might go, ah, that can't be God. You want me to go around? Here's another one. You want me to go out with not a sword and a spear, but you want me to go out with a lamp and a pitcher and a light? You want me to go with a little candle and sing this little light of mine? I'm going to let it shine? Come on. And, and, 
hide it under a bushel? No. I mean, that's what God did. And he told him, he said, you just hide, and then you break the pots and the, let the light, oh, ah, that's God's word. Yes, it was the word of the Lord. And it brought about a great victory and it confounded the enemies. Those stories are over and over again. And this is certainly one at Jericho. He's a creative God. And the word of the Lord will bring great victory in our lives. Amen. The word of God. In fact, Ephesians 6, you know this, the, the, the armor of God. How many of you remember the armor of God in Ephesians? One of the key principles of armor, it's the shield of faith and then the sword of the spirit, which is the what? The, somebody, somebody, somebody say the word of God. It's a weapon of our warfare and we wield it against the principalities and the powers and the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And we see Jesus doing that with the devil, uh, when he was tempted 40 days. He said, it is written, devil. Everyone say it is written. I'm telling you, this is not just a history book. This is an implement of war against the principalities and the powers and the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Understand something. We need the provisions of victory, the weapons of war working and operating in our life, the weaponry of worship, the weaponry of the Word of God. And let me give you one more, and there are others, but in this case, I think this works. It's the weaponry of the wisdom of God. Everyone say the wisdom of God. God gave Joshua insight and wisdom about Jericho. God gave Joshua insight and wisdom about the other enemies that were still in the promised land. He was operating under the word of the Lord and the wisdom of God in his life. He gained God's wisdom about his circumstance and situation. And we need to embrace the wisdom of God. And I would encourage you, in fact, Proverbs chapter 2 and all through Proverbs, what does it talk about? The wisdom of God and the need for the wisdom of God in our life. Gosh, I'm just going to read a little here, and and I I could keep going. Chapter 2, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, there's the word of God, and you will incline your ear to what? Wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. And apply your heart to understanding. If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. That's a protective hedge. He guards the path of justice. He preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. Catch this, to deliver you from the way of evil. Wow. I love that. To deliver you from the ways of evil. He goes on to walk in the... He said, for those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the darkness, who rejoice in doing evil, he goes on to say, man, if you miss this chance, you're going to be devoured by the enemy. But he wants to, through the wisdom of God, deliver us and bring us to great places of victory in our lives. 
These are just a few proven principles that all of us need to embrace in our life. As we move into the new days and new ways that are before us, I want to ask you, are you ready for war? Are you prepared for battle? Have you embraced the principles of God? Listen, I've given you some simple things today that are proven principles of victory in your life and in our life as we move forward into our new day and our new way. We can embrace the captain of the Lord's army. Amen. God, when he looked down upon your life, when he looked down at your days, when he looked to the future, he, you, how many of you know he gives us a future and a hope? He doesn't want to lead us to defeat. He led us to victory. Let's stand together and let's embrace him today in our hearts and lives and pray together today, finding a new level of victory in our hearts and lives. Father, today I thank you for your hand extended into this place and into our lives. And Father, today as Joshua did, may we come close to you. And may we bow and worship you and embrace you as our Lord and leader to lead us to new levels of victory, to lead us to a place of wisdom and insight, to be able to be victorious in the days before us. Father, we thank you for any lessons we've learned and even the mistakes we've made, that they can work together, Lord God, to help us realize that you have a plan of victory for us. And we lean into you today. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to help us rally together with people of victory. Rally together with the person of victory and the promise of victory and the provisions of victory, the word, the will and the way of God, the wisdom of God in our life. Speak to us today. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. We worship you today. I'm going to ask you to do something. You know, Joshua there that day, he didn't have a band he didn't have the latest CD. He just began to worship the captain of the Lord's army. Could we do that today? I believe today someone in the middle of the fray will find new levels of victory just by this moment right here in the altar. Lord, today we worship you. Come on, let's worship him. We bless your name today, God. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, step in. Come on, lift up your voice, lift up your heart. We glorify your name today, O oh God. We thank you for victory today, Lord Jesus. We thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper, Lord. We thank you for your promises today, God. We bless your name today. We bless your name today. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. Holy is the Lord Almighty God.
Holy is the Lord Almighty God. I believe God's breaking us free from, from some things in our own lives that we got to get over and get through in order for us to possess God's best for our lives in 2019. Lord, we pull down strongholds. That and, and listen, let me just follow the leading of the Spirit here. That, that 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That really means strongholds of our mind and beliefs and false beliefs that are limiting us, that are binding us, that are keeping us from God's best in our life today. I'm going to just join with you today and let's agree together that this day strongholds would begin to be broken off of our own lives. There's some people here today you've got a stronghold of belief it, it's unbelief or it's it's fear it's insecurity or doubts or all kinds of inferiority issues whatever your issue we all deal with issues but listen it may be a stronghold that is limiting you and keeping you from God's best for your life so today we stand together come on people of faith come on people of victory let's agree together right now for a breakthrough and a pulling down of strongholds Lord today we take authority over every demon devil in hell. And Lord, those demons and devils that have, have stuck a thorn and a hook in our head and in our thought processes and in our hearts, we rebuke them out of our life in the name of Jesus. We rebuke them out of our thought processes. And Lord God, they've caused us to be bondage in bondage, Lord, to things. We break them right now. We pull down the strongholds of darkness out of our minds, out of our families, out of our genealogy, Lord. And we take authority over in Jesus name and we thank you for victory in Jesus name so be it in our lives and Lord we thank you that you're the victorious one in Jesus name amen you know what the Bible says no, everybody say, no preacher, what does the Bible say? <laughs> the Bible says, and I'm going to be done, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Let me tell you something, the battles you're facing or will face, you can't talk your way through them. You got to get violent. <sighs> Serious. And take back what the devil has stolen in our lives. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody happy? Say amen. Well, there you go. Hey, listen, I want you to be victorious this week. Let's keep praying. Let's keep pressing. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving into our new day and our new way and be prepared for the new phrase that are before us. Everybody say January 30th. I'll say I'm going to be right here. Amen. You're going to be here. It's going to be a big family get-together. Our churches are coming together. It's going to be a great day. God bless you. Love one another. Come back and see us. If you're a guest here today, we'd love to have you again and again. Uh, hey, and we'll see you next Sunday right here at Church on the Rock North. God bless. Have a great day. Amen.